Good morning, everyone. On the line with me are folks from the Juno Community Foundation. We have Executive Director Amy Skillbred and Program Director Christy Chambor. Good morning, you two. Good morning. Morning. So I understand that funding for social services programs have been a concern for the foundation. Help bring our listeners up to speed on the actions of the Finance Committee here in Juneau. Sure. This is Amy. Um, The Finance Committee recently uh, increased the funding for the CBJ Social Service Grant Program. Um, For the past seven years, that grant program and the Juneau Community Foundation's Hope Endowment Grant Program have run as one grant program out of the foundation. And over the years, we've been working with most all the social service organizations in town and getting them together at the beginning of each year to identify what the priorities are for funding for social services in our town. And out of it have come some really good programs like the um, oh, Housing First and um, Residential Substance Abuse Programs and Navigators who can assist people who are homeless and others. And so what happened is that we requested on behalf of these organizations additional funding from CBJ, and um, they put that into their budget process, and then last Wednesday they agreed to an increase in funding, and we're really happy to see the increase. We know it's a difficult time to increase funding that's going to continue over time, but that's exactly what's needed here. So you had mentioned other organizations, Housing First, as you said. So it's about 30 organizations that you're requesting this funding on behalf of? Yeah, anywhere from 30 to 40. Um, It's the number of organizations that we have funded over the past um, seven years with HOPE CBJ Social Service Grant Program. And... So we reach out to them to find out what's what's needed, and their response was between one point three and two million dollars, based on some specific things, but generally on the fact that over the past seven years, costs have increased, including health care, rent, insurance, just everyday things that you purchase as an organization. Wages have had to increase in order to attract and retain employees. And um, of particular importance, the number of clients is increasing for many of these organizations. And all the while, funding sources have been decreasing. So that's led to a need to have more have more funds. And so could you tell us more about how that funding has been decreasing? I understand that was part of your your memo, it sounds like while costs are increasing, that is also, so it sounds two-pronged, if you would. Right. So so how is the funding decreasing? Yeah, so it's the cost increases and the number of people needing service increases that are pretty important. And funding sources include private foundations, um, government uh, funds, federal and state funds, and local fundraisers and sort of depending on the organization, they've been hit by different ones where federal and state funding was decreased for some, for others, um, local funding sources have decreased 
and for others, private grant or private foundation funding has decreased. But, you know, overall, there's a decrease. And so you described several requests. Uh, Let's start with the ones regarding students, since there are requests that address food and mental health needs for students. Great. So, well, we reached out to the organizations, oh, probably in January of this year, since it had been seven years and we'd had maintained about or exactly the same amount of funding from CBJ for the past seven years, and reached out because I started to hear a lot from organizations about how they are having trouble retaining or um, getting employees and um, the difficulty because of increased needs. And so for students in particular, a couple of things have happened. Um, There's a food program that we help support, which provides weekend bags of food for kids. And um, that needs more funds than we had allocated um, towards it in order to keep going throughout the whole year. Also, uh, due to COVID and the more work that the school districts are doing on trauma-informed and trauma-educated practices, they're finding more childhood and youth or children and youth who are students are seeking additional mental health uh, services. And so to be able to fill that need and be able to work with middle school and high school kids, there's a couple of things that we have, um, that they've identified as at need and we are taking those forward, including um, having advocates or social workers at each one of the schools in order to work with at-risk middle school and high school students. We currently help fund parts of three positions for the school district right now, um, but that doesn't cover every school. So, Coming out of the pandemic, it, I imagine there must be mental health needs increasing for students. Yeah, they've, they've, the school district and teachers, I think classrooms, everyone has identified that there are more kids who are um, needing more assistance on you know, student self-regulation, social-emotional skills, um, and working with families and students is really important as well. And so those are all things that um, increased funding could support. Now, you had touched on this for a moment, but I was hoping we can go into a little bit more. One of the requests yeah. was to provide increased wages to attract nurses and other health professionals. So that would also help with mental health is the goal? Yeah, what we've found by talking with the folks who run several of the social service organizations in town um, that um, mental health services in town are definitely having um, difficulty filling positions for um, case managers, psychologists, um, psychiatrists, others. And then nurses as well. Um, that in particular, the hospice had mentioned the increase in cost because of the need to pay for travel nurses. And costs have increased anywhere from 20 to 40%. And so that can really play havoc with the budget. And um, if you don't have nursing staff um, or 
people qualified in certain areas, then it is difficult or impossible to bill Medicare and be able to get reimbursement for services, and which means that you just aren't providing those services. And also an increase would be the the healthcare costs. Is there any requests regarding that? Yes, there's several organizations that don't have health care, um, and, uh, and that's a difficulty, and it's become more difficult in finding and um, attracting employees. And then when you have employees who work in a place where there is no health care coverage, um, oftentimes they will work there for a year or two and then move someplace else where they can get that coverage because they need it, and it's... Um, is an expense for everybody who doesn't have it. So, um, yeah, that's become a, a, a bigger issue. And then where organizations have it, healthcare insurance is increasing the cost. And so um, that becomes another, another hurdle. And I wanted to ask you about the services to seniors that some of these requests may provide. Right. I think that um, I know that they've had additional people requesting meals from Meals on Wheels and um, their outreach program to seniors and the Bridge Daycare program, all of which um, I think indicated that additional funding would be very helpful in meeting the needs that they are seeing for seniors in Juneau. So with all this funding, how critical would you say all this funding is for Juno? I'd say the increase is um, very critical and the, um, the the base of what we've been giving out, so between the HOPE and CBJ every year before the increase was about $2 million. So um, this increase will go far in being able to help uh, ameliorate some of the situation and um, yeah the, the need is greater than the funding that was provided but again you know it's a, it's a difficult time to provide more than what they did and we're very thankful for providing what they did I think our next step will be to call together the providers of the social service organizations who are all you know incredibly hard-working people and on the front line of assisting friends and neighbors in our community. And so we'll call them together and work with them to have them help identify the highest needs for these funds. And that's, we'll follow their suggestions. Very good. Is there anything you'd like to add before we get to the second part? Um, no, I think this is a, it's a, it's great to cover the information about the HOPE CBJ funding and the increase uh, from the, from the city and borough of Juneau, the assembly, and just really thankful and thank them for doing that. Okay, well, we'll have more to talk about with the Juneau Community Foundation after the break. Stay tuned. We're back with the Juneau Community Foundation. We have Executive Director Amy Skillbread and program director christy chambour i understand jcf manages several funds some of them being endowment funds before we get into that 
Could you explain an endowment? What's its function? Sure. An endowment is a fund that endures over time. Um, It provides an annual amount for grants or scholarships every year while continuing to be able to purchase the same basket of goods, if you would, on into the future. So it's continually supporting people and organizations in our community, our endowments. And we invest our endowments for the long term. So we have a 30-year time horizon that we aim for, and we look for a 7% return on average over that time. So the day-to-day ups and downs of the markets that we're seeing these days, um, we tend to ignore those in um, our endowments and look to making sure that they'll continue on into the future. And we had spoke some about the Hope Endowment in the first part. That one was established in 2009, was it? Um, The Hope Endowment was established in 2014, and it's just one example of endowments that we have. Um, Another example is the Douglas Dornan Foundation Fund, um, started by Paul Douglas, and it's given out about half a million dollars in grants over 20-some years and still providing, still going strong, providing annual grants. And Christy, I think we have an application deadline coming up. We do. Um, so they are currently accepting applications um, for this grant. They are due on June 1st. And there's a lot of really good information about the fund itself and then the grants that they've distributed and, and how you might qualify. And that's on our website, which is junocf.org. And on the navigation bar, you would just click on grants and scholarships, and it'll take you right there. So we had got the info that 500,000, half a million was distributed from that, from that fund. (laughs) So if there's a person with a nonprofit organization or a foundation that's hearing that and thinking, well, I'd like to access some of it. What's some of the requirements that they need to have first before they receive that financial support? Sure. So there's an actual application on our website that they would need to fill out. Um, And then each grant or scholarship, they have particular um, guidelines uh, that they follow. And those, again, are on the website for people um, to take a look at. There's a PDF version, um, and I can tell you some of that right now. These requests specifically for Douglas Dornan um, center around education. They could be for individuals, teachers. um, They could be for organizations. There is some flexibility there, but I encourage everybody um, to read about the fund and um, things that they've supported in the past and see if they have something that they're working on that may apply to it. Right. And one of the main things for Douglas Dornan is, even if it can assist teachers and others, it has to be a nonprofit organization that applies. And um, and that's a, one of the, you know, if you think about what the hurdles are in order to apply, I think Chrissy's absolutely right. You go to the our website, and if you're looking at other foundations, you go to their website, and you look at it, and read it through, and see what specifically they're asking for. And um, we do have those scholarships that um, are also endowments. We have four of them. And... Individuals are able to apply for those, but even there, the funding goes to the 
university or college or post-high school program that they're um, wanting to go to. So it's, it's pretty important to read through the guidelines. And how could you give us a little bit of a of a I, I was about to say a visual, but a, an explanation on how much this fund has grown? So the fund itself, the Douglas Dornan Foundation Fund, has um, has grown some in order to keep up with inflation. But basically, when you set up an endowment, you don't expect the endowment itself to grow tremendously. It's just that the endowment will continue to grow at about the same rate as inflation and at the same time give off funds every year for uh, grants or scholarships. And so that's how we operate our endowments. Growth in order to meet inflation so that you can continue to buy that same basket of goods or continue to support scholarships at the same level every year. And, um, and then what really grows is how much is given out um, over time. So. And so is this 500,000 figure, is that a bigger figure than in the past? Uh, nope, this $500,000 figure is the amount that they've given out over the past 20 years. So every year they've given out um, some amount of money, and I haven't done the math, but you know, usually I think they give out around $25,000. Um, and um, that's, what, that's what adds up to that $500,000 figure. Endowments are a lot like the permanent fund, where... You know, we all know in Alaska that there's the Alaska Permanent Fund and we get a dividend check from it. And um, the endowment is the permanent fund and the check is like the grant that is given out. And that's exactly how or very similar to how we operate at the Community Foundation. So, Amy, with the Community Foundation as a whole, now with this funding approved from the city, and, and helping the social services organizations here in Juneau, what's, what's going to be the next steps, the next couple months that you'll all be working on? Yeah, next steps for this is um, talking to social service organizations and having them identify the priorities, because as I mentioned, there's probably about, um, about two million in projects or increases that were identified by organizations. So it's working with them to figure out where this smaller portion of money should go to and how to make sure we address the priority items first. Um, And then that'll happen pretty quickly because this funding is going to go out in July and August along with the rest of the HOPE CBJ Social Service Grant Fund. And Christy, just wanted to get yes. something one more from you. What's the critical dates and times that people need to know for the Dornan Fund? Sure. So the deadline is June 1st, um, which is coming up pretty quick. So I encourage them to get online, read about the fund, understand the guidelines, um, and then the application is there for them to fill out and submit directly to the foundation fund. So is there anything you, Christy, or Amy would like to add? Thank you for having us. 
Yeah, thank you. And um, to if you're on our website, you can sign up for our newsletter or for Instagram or for Facebook, and um, we'll be happy to keep in touch with you. And also, we'd be happy to talk with you. So if you have questions and you want to give us a call, please feel free to do so at 523-5450, area code 907, of course. <laughs> Yeah, they, they can they can get you on that now. Some of my some of my contacts <laughs> on my phone <laughs> will not call if you don't have that nine oh seven. So get that nine oh seven now. My phone keeps telling me. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you too. Thank you so All much, right. Kevin. Thanks very much, Kevin. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye bye. Have a good day. You too. And that's our program. Thank you for tuning in this May twenty third. This is Kevin Allen, Fraction Line, signing off. I'll see you next time.